Okay. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Well, is it another Wednesday at 7.30 p.m.? Yes, it is. And it's time for the Adafruit Show and Tell. This is a half an hour of good times and fun with me, Lady Ada, Mr. Lady Ada, Blink of the Snake, uh, and the Adafruit Factory as our background is host to you at this lovely tea and biscuits party. But instead of tea and biscuits, it's all that electronics and making and crafting and hacking and 3D printing and music and whatever else you're making. Come on by. Show us what you're doing. Uh, hang out by the fire. We're going to have some Adafruit folks, and we're going to have a whole bunch of people. We can get out of here at 7.50, so take two to three minutes. Show us your project. Unmute your mic when we call on you. Let's start with Noah and Pedro. You want to kick it off? Yes, with pleasure. Whoa. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, guys. So we got a Christmas slash Halloween inspired project for this week. It right there. is a cricket. Whoa. Hey, where's it going? Gift box. Okay, get back here. So it's supposed to be a Halloween project, but we didn't have enough time for that. So we decided to make it into a Christmas project. It's a spooky gift box. So it's powered by Cricket, Cricket Playground. And we got a PIR sensor here that's just uh, sensing the motion. So when something comes up, we got some spooky, creepy music all dressed up in like a Tim Burton type style box. Uh, super easy to put together. It's just cardboard box that's holding everything together. Of course, with the printed mount for the Cricket. Um, everything's written in by Lamar and Surrey Python, so super cool. If you can give a gift like of uh, electronics, why not give it in a form of a project that's pretty much ready to go and customize like well, Le Lego bits. Oh, you mean like giving somebody like a robotics kit, but the robotics kit runs away from you? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So plenty of room for adding like a solenoid or something, like have the box to go up, add like a Halloween or something, have like a creepy eye pointing, you know, sticking out. I uh, did a whole hour show explaining how to put this together, make a custom one, uh, mix and rearrange all the parts on there. We have a whole guide on that as well. Check okay. it out. Cool video. Nice. It's easy to customize like a Lego, you know, uh, parts yeah. for a project. Super cool. There we go. All right. Yeah. Thanks, folks. Okay. Next up, Katni. What hey. are you blinking? I, so you had me test the uh, character LCD shield, and it turns out that it wasn't supported at all. So I have been working on rewriting the library to actually support it. And here is where I'm at. Okay, let's see it. Oh, red. <gasps> Hello, CircuitPython, amazing. Nice work. Ooh, different colors. Purple, backwards. That's forwards for you now, because you're... Exactly. Okay, cursor. Yeah, this is all the demos. This is just um, using the... Um, amazing uh, open source, uh, sorry, the um, uh, weekly typed um, language Python. You have one character LCD library and you're passing in different level shifters and, and GPI expanders and it looks good. So it now has all the functionality that the monochrome one does because RGB actually didn't have any of that extra functionality um, before I added it. So that is what I have been up to. Okay, well, it looks great, and I think people really appreciate it. It's a, one of our older libraries, and it could really use a good scrubbing down. Right, yeah, thank you, Katni. Really so far. All right. All right. Next up, JP. Hey, guys. Uh, so can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I last week showed a project that used our Trellis M4 to send MIDI commands out to a software synthesizer. This week, we've got an all-in-one self-contained sequencer for doing uh, sample-based and WAV file-based uh, drum sequencing. Uh, so all the sounds are being played off of this. I'm not driving another synth. 
Um, and there's lots and lots to it. I'm going to show a bunch of details tomorrow on my live stream, but I just wanted to show a little demo. Uh, and the main thing you'll see is I'm going to use these green buttons here to do um, beat repeats. So stuttering a beat, a fast stutter of a beat, and also a jump where you can jump back in the sequence. And when you release, it resumes where you were in the, in the uh, sequence. So here we go. Let me turn up the volume and I'll make it all big. Let's, let's try to make it all giant. There we go. Ooh. It's giant. That's awesome. So come on by uh, tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time to uh, John Park's workshop. And I'm going to go into some uh, details. This has all kinds of cool features. I've only just scratched the surface here today. Yeah, it also has some really cool accelerometer-based motion, which you, I, I don't want to ruin it, so you have to watch JP's no, live stream. But it, yeah. We've got our, uh, our ADXL343 from Analog Devices in there that lets us do some uh, effects with the tilt, which I love. It's super intuitive and fun to play with that. So yeah. Yeah. We've played a lot of cool videos and more on Ask an Engineer with JP doing some things with MIDI and with some open source tools like Helm. So tune in for that in the next hour. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, now. Yeah. Speaking of sequencers, do you want to get a call in now? Yeah, Colin, are you, are you ready? You oh, yeah, this? sure. I was just eating a granola bar before, so I didn't want right. to go to me. Well, yet. that's good. That you're, but I'm done now. You're <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. very satisfied. But I'm also satisfied by the Trellis M4. Uh, like JP, I very much have been enjoying playing with it. I remember when I started playing with it that one of the things I liked most about playing with grids was arpeggiators. So playing a note and then other notes play relative to that note after it in sequence. So... I made an arpeggiator for the Neo Trellis. I'm going to switch to that camera if the fates allow it. Yeah. And you see this? So when I press one button, other notes will play uh, relative to its position. It's a little hard to tell with these colors, but you can basically see that there's a note playing. Yeah, I can see. That. Yeah, so you can go and there's polyphony and everything. The sounds are being generated on board. Yay. Yay! You're totally a Norwegian synth band. Yeah, I think it can happen. I just need, uh, you know, an alias name, and uh, I'm going to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. All right, All right nice work, Colin. Yeah, and no, you'll be posting fun. that up. What's up? You'll be posting that up soon. I'll be posting that up soon. There's easy to change settings, so you can modify it and make it your own. Okay. All right. New York Times Club is Colin's workbench. It's, it's got everything. It's, it's got, got everything. black cats named MIDI. Yeah, I got many <laughs> and a cat. Yep, I've been talking about MIDI a lot lately, and her attention has been very ears perk up all the time. Except okay, Mike. Mike B. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In, in in true live fashion, uh, you know something happened, but uh, I'm using Neo Trellis also. I was working with Dano, and we did the Star Trek uh, soundboard. It's up on learn.adafruit.com, and you can push the buttons, and it makes all kinds of great sounds. Right now, mine won't because Windows is stuck on an empty circuit Python drive, and 
So I think I have to reboot my computer. I don't think it's the Neo Trellis. I think somehow Windows got confused on the drives because I tried to do it. Uh -huh. Well, but, uh, that's okay. Maybe next week. Well, I want to. I've got a couple other things to show off. Okay. I've been using for for Neo Trellis. You want. Um, like some headphones or like an amplifier so you can listen with your headphones or something like that. Um, every every good maker should have like an amplifier handy because they'll grab an audio thing and they need amplified sound. So I did that back when I was a young maker and I went down to Radio Shack and I picked up this little box. It's, uh, it's yeah. an Archer. Archer amplifier it's mono it has in and out and a volume control and if you peek in the back you can see that it uses the lm386 uh single channel amplifier chip which was used a lot back in the day um so and and this is this is fun like all all the old electronics has the schematic it back on the inside of the case. Right. That's so cool. Yeah, in case you want to fix it or do something with it. Exactly. Um, it that's what you should do is you you'd buy something and it would include the schematic in the manual or maybe on the back of the back cover, kind of pasted on. So uh, yeah, when I put my iPhone, it had that in there. <laughs> well, yeah. So I've got one more thing real quick. It's uh, also Radio Shack. Um, for my maker bench, I got the variable DC power supply. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, so it's got your banana plugs here, and you could vary the 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 voltage, and it has voltage current on the meter. I have a like very low ripple, only like half a volt. I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, half half a volt back in the day, you know. Uh, wasn't wasn't that bad i mean i use this a lot for uh ttl logic so uh uh it it maintained a pretty good five volt supply um and uh i did this did work one big project i was doing for high school um i was trying to do a rotary encoder uh, a telephone rotary to digital circuit and uh i was powering it by five volts and I looked at the meter and it said like basically zero. So I said, oops, I forgot to turn it to five volts. So I start cranking it up and it's like, no, the switch was on amps. So the it was showing like nearly zero amps. So I turned it up to 24 volts and the blue smoke monster came out and fried my chips. And I never did get that project built for, for extra credit for high school. But uh, I like the little mark. Can you show the, the label with your name on it? on the top oh yeah sorry yeah. it's the old label maker yeah no that's kids these days you don't know how good you had it those are such a bad yeah. kirk there's a font on instagram that you can use that looks like that. I know, there's a filter so, so you can see the micronta you know labeling and everything it's still a really nice supply i was using it to test uh some stuff for the more uh, a couple weeks ago so show off the label makers Okay. All right, thank you, Mike. All right, and then just I'll play just a few seconds of what Mike was going to show because we're going to show this yeah. on Ask an Engineer tonight. So this is what uh, Mike was going to show. Thanks. Should be playing through. 
Okay. Well, hopefully that. If not, pretend it was playing Star Trek. I think song. it was playing music. Okay. Next up. Techniac. Welcome back. back. I'm your mic. Leave your feet. Yeah. Hello, everybody. I know my audio might be kind of terrible. Uh, I've been working. I got my uh, laser cutter fired up again and started doing these uh, wood-covered books. So I made this for a friend. Uh, And the idea being, you open it up, it's this normal Staples notebook, uh, except I mill these covers for them. And so I have all the files online, and they're standardized notebooks and everything. Um. Yeah, and I found out you can actually turn a pretty good profit on a lot of them. So, yeah. nice. Exactly. Buy low, sell high. What? Yep, exactly. And unfortunately, the notebook size I picked apparently like doesn't exist anymore. So, that's a problem. But we're working around that. You, well, just... you can raise your prices and just say it was a limited edition. <laughs> yeah. Um, except my target audience is students, and none of us have any money. So. Yeah. That's the problem. And then my other quick thing I did for a Halloween project, but I'm now using as my tool case, is I customized an old Dremel tool case for my Doc Brown costume. Oh, nice. As a plutonium case. It had a speaker that played the Back to the Future theme song, had some dry ice in it. It was a fun, oh, cool. fun little project. I have photos of that I'll post at some point. Um, but yeah, no, so I'm doing a whole bunch of these notebooks. I have some planners. I have some different things I'm working on, so I'll keep you posted on that. should be good. Yeah. Okay. Um, email right. support at Idford if you want. Yeah, definitely. Put that I'll, on there. I'll make a show and tell one. Charge more. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> All right, Let's next up is Dave. Dave Stiles. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. All right, hey. You hear me okay? Yeah. Good, good. Okay, I'm going to try and switch over to the other camera. Uh, traveling, Dave. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Um, so this is a project that I worked on the other day. Um, it's a servo tester. So you can exercise your servos. So rotary encoder to set the angle. And then you can click once to go into a sweep mode that just exercises it throughout the sweep. So you can see that it's uh, moving smoothly and so forth. And then with servos, you have those two boundary conditions for the, um, the pulse widths that vary from servo to servo sometimes. So this lets you set that. So you can set the lower limit and go until it stops moving. Switch, set the upper limit, go until it stops moving. Go back to the, you know, set the angle and exercises. So you can see, is it running smoothly? Are are the gears stripped? And figure out what those endpoints are when you um, instantiate the the servo interface object. Yeah, this is handy because, you know, Metal Gear servos are different than... Micro servers are different than a lot. Like every manufacturer is a little bit different. The standard used to be one to two milli, uh, one, one to two uh, micro milliseconds, and now it's like 0.5 to 2.5. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing a lot of. What was that written in, Dave? What's that? What was that written in? What what? What language did you use? Python, of course. Oh, no, I would never guess. <laughs> that is excellent information. <laughs> and I have this other thing that I've started working on. Um, last week or the week before, we had that. Um, Zork running on a Itsy Bitsy M4. Yep. Right. So did you totally took this for me. I was gonna, I was gonna do it, but you did it, and it's awesome. What's that? I was totally thinking of doing this project, oh. but you're doing it instead of me, which is awesome. So, so this is, uh, I started with this mini Bluetooth keyboard that's in the shop, and got my Dremel out and cut the case in two <laughs> since it was like you know, uh, welded. Uh, and so I have this keyboard, 
It's just the Elastomer keyboard hooked up uh, nicely. There were test points for all the uh, rows and columns on the back. That's wired through a couple of the 23017 chips with an I2C to the feather that's on the back of the display. And if we can, I think if I prop it up, we can kind of see it. Yeah. Yeah, you can see I can type on here and I have the software there. It's unfortunately in C++ because it's going to be integrated with the A to Z uh, uh, Z interpreter machine. Yeah. Uh, so my idea is to have this do a 3D printed case with the display all inside, and then it's like a pocket Zork machine. This is all, everybody, all they want is a pocket Zork machine. <laughs> That's so, all anybody's ever wanted in life. It's, well, this is it. So the next, the next step is to create, since it uses M curses to handle the display, to create an M curses driver on the, the M4 for the TFT display to handle the color changes and the positioning and, and so forth. Dave, I actually have some code because if you actually look on Basecamp, well, actually, no, you don't have access to my Basecamp. Ping me because okay. I actually have a library you can use that will will do that for you. Sweet. Okay. Sweet. All right. Aren't you and, glad uh, you came by and shared this project? Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, special thanks to Dave. And if you see Dave in uh, Discord or whatever, um, we do hug reports at Adafruit, but Dave, your guides are always delightful. Thanks for doing nice. with Adafruit. Um, it's always a joy. You're working on some that are about to be released. They're really cool. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, regarding CircuitPython, I gave a talk on the weekend at PyCon Canada on CircuitPython, and it went over really well. People loved it. Lots of good questions and follow-on discussions after the talk. So I added you to the Python on Hardware newsletter. I have kind of a blurry photo of a Dave siding with the I circuit. saw it, yeah. yeah. There should, <laughs> be, there should be a video of the talk soon, and I'll post okay. that up on Discord and send you the link. And, uh, All right. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to go to Coding Pro and then see Scott. Coding Pro. Hey, Kenny Perry, welcome back. Hey, thank you. Uh, can you hear me all right? Yes. Okay, so a while ago I made this servo survey, which was that giant dial that showed the uh, votes yes or no, and I realized around here where I live there's really bad air quality, so I decided I'm starting to work on a project called, like, air... I don't have a name for it, but basically it detects the air range and then moves the pointer to the different positions, and I'm using Adafruit.io for that. And I needed to get the air quality database and then connect from that to the Adafruit.io, and I'll show you the project if I see Ooh, this sounds cool. It's kind of yeah. like a very timely modern project. You know? <laughs> this is like, the future. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's just like, you know, it's what it is. I'm glad there's projects that we can do around Okay, so it's online, so you can find it here. Yeah. So here is this uh, air quality thing. Air quality here is pretty unhealthy uh -huh. right now. Yeah, so I use an API from here, and then I get this glitch project here, which is a really useful site where you can just host free projects online, and uh, basically gets the data and then sends it over to my Adafruit IO page here. Perfect. How how do you send it over like a uh, a webhook? Oh, yeah. So yeah, I use um, what's it called? Uh, post. Oh, you just post yeah. it directly. Okay. Got it. Yeah, and I just recommend if you're using, like, to use Glitch if you ever need to do that because it's really useful. Also, I have this cup I 3D printed. It didn't come out perfect on the bottom, but what this does, it's called the Pythagorean cup, and it's kind of funny. So you can tell people to fill it up, and they fill it up, and if they get too far up or if they're too greedy, the water all comes out. Mm. 
simple like uh, design thing. It's kind of funny. And also, yeah, that's mostly what I've been working on and stuff like that recently. And next week, I'll probably show the finished version of my servo survey. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. Well, if you want a sticker, you know where to find us. <laughs> They have like glitches of replacement for like Amazon, like Lambda. Like they have like this really complicated service that does it, but it's like, yeah. why don't you just use Glitch? It's a really good glue for a lot of these projects. Yeah. Okay. Nice work. All right. See Scott. Hey guys. Hopefully you can hear me. Yes. Uh, I wanted to start by saying I read a report that we lost one of the pioneers in the. Uh, Early days of microcomputing, Bill Godbout, he ran Godbout Electronics out of California. He was lost due to the wildfires uh, mm -hmm. out there. But, uh, you know, this, this, I'm just showing you an ad on the screen right now. This is from like you know, 1977 um, uh, Popular Electronics. And the Popular Electronics and Byte Magazine back then were just so awesome because you would find stuff there that is still useful today. Let me see if I can turn off the screen share. But um, it should come back to me. There I am. But uh, you know, he, he made, this is, for people who don't know, this is what an S100 board looks like. This is a, a parallel I.O. board, 32 bits of input, 32 bits of output. And you know, I, I think it's important to say, I mean, if you didn't have stuff like this then, then you wouldn't have stuff like this now. Because mm -hmm. it's all, you know, it's all, you know, a big uh, chain where we're all linked together. We start at the beginning with the rudimentary stuff and, you know, the payoff in the end is we get these nice uh, devices. So I thought I would just at least mention that, you know, we've lost one of the, uh, one of the pioneers, at least when uh, I was getting into things. But now <clears throat> somebody mentioned Zork and the Z machine. And I said, I got a story. And the story is about the uh, Douglas Adams had uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy come out in like 1986 or 87. And we were playing it, my roommate and I were playing it on a CPM machine. And for the life of us, we could not figure out how to get to the end. And the problem, Jerks. And the problem is, even if you had extremely detailed knowledge of the books, they put something in there that was kind of totally non-intuitive. So we wrote an inform decompiler in ZAD assembly language that right. would tear apart the um, tear apart the encoded text files, and then we dis de disassembled enough of the logic engine to figure out mm. what we were supposed to do. What we were supposed to do. And what they didn't show us or, or tell you in the book is you were supposed to feed a cheese sandwich to the dog when you were in the pub before the, the uh, Vogons came and blew everything up. <laughs> this anyway. is so old style games. It's like a thing, if you didn't do this one thing in like the third screen, nothing would work. It was such a classic like Roberta Williams slash Infocom <laughs> thing. We're not allowed to do that anymore. People would kill you if you did that in gaming. Right. Right. But anyway, and thank you for the Trellis M4. I'm slowly getting it to work. I need to replace its reset button, I think, uh, not during manufacture, but I just think it came from the vendor uh, defective. It, the snap dome in it doesn't work. Oh, no. Uh, um, yeah, it, it's one of those 2% things. You know, 2% of any batch of parts is going to be bad, and I just drew the unlucky straw, but I'm just going to get a couple off the educated 
Uh, out of everyone, I'm kind of glad you got it because you can at least make it. Honestly, if it's in the base, you, you might be better off just soldering two blue wires out and then just putting a button because you'll want to be resetting it all the time. Right, right. But, you know, I, I had, as usual, since I'm running my old Win 7 system, it was being a pain in the button. It, it Circuit Pi shows up, but Trellis M4 boot does not. And I'm like, well, okay, enough of that. I went over to the Pi and then, you know, it worked immediately. So, okay. anyway... Um, I'll, I should hopefully have more after Thanksgiving okay. with the Trellis M4. But anyway, I thought I'd just mention a couple things. And that's it. All right. Yeah. And we have one person who just came in. Melissa, if you can um, keep it to a couple minutes. Yes, I can. All right. Okay. Um, I went to the Supercon uh, about a week and a half ago. And I have my badge from here. And I wrote a last-minute hack. So let me start up the program. And what it is, it's a, a QR code generator. So you could type something like. Um, I'm going to try to catch the QR code when you show it again. Oh, yeah, OK. Uh, let me what just, else is going to work? Find out. Do, 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 do. We're all getting ready. OK. okay so I typed in adafruit.com, for instance. No. And you can do it, QR generator, reader. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Safari. Okay. Nice work. That's, a good, that's a good generator. Yeah, I like the site. It's a good site. Good site. And also, if you reset the badge and start the program again, it'll go with the last uh, typed in string and generate the code. So it'd be great for going to a conference and then you want somebody to go to your website. Nice work, Melissa. Outstanding. We sent some Halloween badges, and one of the things that we put on it was a QR code that had the Hackaday Supercon schedule. Yeah, we, I was one of the people who didn't get one of those. We Aww. sent a ton out. I think I think they had more people than they expected. Yeah, I had a workshop, and by the time it was out, they were already out of them. All right, well, Melissa, since you came on the show and tell, email supportedafruit.com for your sticker, but email pt at adafruit.com. I'm going to send you Halloween. Oh, thank you very much. Yay. Right. Well, you're <laughs> anyways, so. And you can try the QR code that we've written for that, yeah. too. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can have them talk Two to QRs. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank All right. you. Well, that is a show and tell tonight. Thank you, Technic. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Noah Pedro. Pedro. Thank you, Mike. Thank, thank you, Melissa. Thank, thank you, Kenny, JP, John, Dave, Dave. C-Spot, Colin. Play us out, JP. See everybody next week. Thank you, everybody, for making this the most fun we have every single week. And if we don't see you next week because of the holiday, we are thankful for all of you making this cool Adafruit community together. Bye-bye, everybody.